Cool. Wow. Awesome. Here we are. Here we are. Gail. Oh my God. Our new best friend. Right? What the fuck? Exactly. What the fuck? We just had uh, probably one of the wildest, most peak weekends of my whole life. And uh, I guess my first question for you would be like, what possessed you to (laughs) reach out to us and say, do this here? Space Um, camp. Oh, wow. Um, Because of the love and acceptance and understanding and trust that you consistently project as your truth. That was why. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I knew that you were the people. Um, I'd been listening to the podcast for a while. And as I was listening to that, the farm was evolving and I was working on, you know, what's happening here. Mm -hmm. Um, We've been tripping here forever. And COVID hit and nobody, everybody was in lockdown Mm -hmm. in their little spaces. And we'd come home every day and we were here Mm. and everything was the same. And it was beautiful and we could just live our life. And then we realized, holy shit, people don't have this. They can't do this. They're stuck. Who needs this? And we knew you were the people who knew who needed it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, we needed it ourselves. Absolutely. we, We spent like four months in our apartment in New York City, which is like probably the polar opposite of this. It feels like prison compared to being on this property. <laughs> it, right. feels, it feels like a, a prison sentence being in that apartment. So we talked shit on our podcast about like, oh, space camp, which is something we've done a number of times. It's just what we call our weird weekends with our friends. Right. We're like, oh, let's do a space camp. Let's grab an Airbnb. But we had this idea and we're like, maybe we could do it with more people. And just set it at the end, deep into a podcast. I was like, only the real homies are listening. <laughs> right. So if yeah. you're listening and you want to do Space Camp, let us know. And you reached out and you were uh, so generous that I almost didn't believe it. I was like, Cass, get on the phone with this woman and see what's going on here. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's, let's see what's going on. And honestly, after that first phone call, Cass is like, oh, it's it's on. It's on. To oh, the yeah. point where you guys had dates locked <laughs> down and everything. Yeah. I mean, Cass just stepped up as a producer, you know, and that made us feel so comfortable. Um, You are not like little kids in an apartment in New York, like just doing drugs from your trust fund, you know, like you're living a real life and it's integrated into your life. And that also for us was so reassuring. Um, And just uh, knowing that it is already how you're living um, and you could bring that here with your skills mm. of, pro- of producing, producing your documentaries, producing the podcast, producing the church of chill. Yeah. We, we knew right away and, and Cass on the phone. I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> She's a rock star. Yeah. No, we, we just connected right away and yeah. it, it was just hard for us to even get off the phone. Cause we had so much to say to each other. And mm-hmm. I mean, you have a, what is this beautiful psychedelic farm that you've vibed up with your love and attention and presence. And I didn't even have a sense of how magical it would be when we got here because it's just impossible to know that this kind of space is possible. Mm-hmm. And right. um, I hope we left it with even more energy and imbued it with, and I know that everyone who came really appreciated yeah there was like 
30 people here and i'm pretty sure they all individually came up to me and we were like just so appreciative mm-hmm. you know that they made new friends that they got to that they got to trip you right. know i was i was hesitant to trip throughout quarantine i'm like what's this going to be like right. is this going to be a flood of weird emotions having to do with all this and the uncertainty so i knew i needed to trip out on some farm and i like like you're saying i i, I can't imagine what other people must need so right. kind of like uh letting that fly under the radar and like let people kind of pick up on the hints like space camp without being too on the nose about (laughs) it (laughs) right there's no astronauts involved (laughs) (laughs) you're the astronaut you are the astronaut it's so funny because space camp to me like at first was like oh we'll look at the stars and it's all about space and inner space and outer space but what we found is it's really the physical space that we were able to offer spaciousness there was spaciousness i mean it was necessary because of I mean, I think you and I got on the same page right away that we're not doing this in spite of COVID. We're doing this because of COVID and that right. this, it really is the only way for people to safely gather yes. and connect. And an open air environment, mm-hmm. you know, where they can, where and also where they could choose um, their own level of COVID safety, mm-hmm. right? They could social distance if they wanted to. They could ask people to step away from them or they could move away or they could mask or they could handle it however they wanted to yeah. because it's 22 acres. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you need more space, you got it. <laughs> 30 people on 22 acres. I was like, you got almost an acre to yourself. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, like Sean was saying that he would wake up and be like, I know there's people here, but where are they? <laughs> mm-hmm. I had that experience many times. Yeah. Like, where is everyone? Did this place clear out all of a sudden? Yeah. I, was yeah. Like, I think it was Sunday morning. I woke up and I was like, um, I'm not sure everyone's still here. And then, you know, then people started filtering in and yeah. It was definitely, you know, the phrase that kept coming into my head uh, because, you know, my temptation is like, hold people's hands through an experience. But I was like, I can't Mm -mm. because I don't know if stupidly or not, I'm glad we did it, but Cass and I took probably the most acid we've ever taken (laughs) and I couldn't hold people's hand through the experience. So it was basically like a be your own shaman type of weekend. And to me, I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I appreciate the like being walked to the cliff and then jumping off myself and being responsible for myself and um, everything that comes with it, even the pain, even some of the pain and like the feeling of like, oh shit, I'm alone, I'm all, all the stuff. But I don't think anyone really had that experience. Everyone just made friends. No, I mean, I think I joked that you, you, you come to space camp and you expect to not get scared at some point. So there, there was a moment where I think myself included, it was so funny. I mean, I had my own bout of like, what have I done? Is everyone okay? Like, what was I thinking? You know, and it, and, and it was perfect because that is, that is part of the experience. And I think what we were able to hold together is in, in lieu of all these healing ceremonies and healing groups. And I'm so grateful those things exist. They've meant a lot to me, but I think we stand as our own thing. Like we're not saying we're going to heal you or no, this is the non cringe version of, of spirituality. If you even want to call it that, this is like plug into spirit. We don't care to, to overthink it or over talk about it or beat it to death or anything like that. Yeah. We're not here to tell you how to do it. No, no, because <laughs> no. like we've done that dance. Like, right. you know, you first discover mushrooms or, right. or all this stuff or meditation or yoga and you're like, oh, no, 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 you need this. It's like, mm, really, everyone's prescription's different. I I really don't know how to heal someone's life. No. Nor would it help them if I tried. Because the best thing is that they realize that, that exactly. they realize like, oh, I came here. Like there was one kid 
who had never taken taken acid before and he had just such the quintessential what i would think of as the positive experience of like i went through shit and i had to learn oh it was me it was me all along it wasn't my parents doing this to me or my teachers or the ex-girlfriend or this it's me and i got to take responsibility and for me that's like the most glorious thing i could impart on another man cuz it's like if you're getting towards your 30s or you're in your 30s and you haven't realized like it's you <laughs> like as a man right. you got to fucking you got to do that work it's so worth it you'll have such a better life you'll attract better partners better friends right. you know i feel like our process of maturing led us to you you know, because I get around you and I'm like, what does Gail want to have to do with us? <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, you guys are so bright. Like, you know, you and Neil are just like, like hold incredible space and you have your own community and everything. So it was so generous to like be like, let's merge communities a little bit. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Well, I'm um, I'm always looking not at that's not the right quite right word. I'm always open to community. Mm. Um. What I've learned, one thing I've learned in my life is that searching for me is always wrong. Right. It's always wrong. It's a terrible vibe. Oh my God. You know, like I always just have to allow, mm-hmm. you know, so as this happened, um, I, I think I texted or I, I DM'd you on Instagram about yeah. bass nectar. Yeah. Cause, yeah. uh, somebody was saying something on one of the podcasts and I was like, have y'all ever been to a bass nectar show? Because <laughs> if you want to be with 20,000 people who are in love. Mm. That's what they're here for. Wow. They are here to be in love, you know, to be with their family. And it is a big fucking family. And I was like, I think you'd like it. And Sean was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. So I was like, all right, we'll get you tickets. Yeah. <laughs> it's so go, funny. Greg and Michelle said the same thing to me who, who ended up coming here. Right. Then everything gets canceled. And it gets canceled. Right. And then, um, I was listening to one of the podcasts where somebody was talking about getting a pet skunk. Yeah. She wanted to move to the country and get a pet skunk. And I was like, yeah. I was like, I don't know. I got to say something to Sean right now. <laughs> I get, I get in my little Instagram out. I'm like, skunks don't like to be pet, Sean. Just saying, <laughs> just saying, oh right? Like, that's not really a pet. Like you were just laughing. You yeah. were like, right? I was like, yeah, people don't live in the country. They don't know. No. <laughs> right? It's like a fantasy. I'll go to the country and have a pet skunk. <laughs> not no. really. Bad idea. Bad idea. Bad idea. So it just, it was just so funny, you mm. know? And then I felt absolutely compelled to write to you. I just did. Thank you. Thank you. God. Yeah. yeah. It, it led us on to me, the adventure of our lifetime. <laughs> like we, every day, every hour during this, we're like looking at each other, like we're doing this. We're doing that. We're not these kind of people. Like y'all might be, you know, but like we're not these kind of people. I'm like, damn, there's a lot of people around. Everyone's fucking tripping and everyone's having a good time. Right. You know, it was, uh, it was miraculous in so many ways. We, I was praying for the weather to be exactly how it was. Oh, I it know. was just like, that was crazy. Perfect. perfect. Right. Cass and I had been watching the weather and we were like, mm, mm, and then we were like, oh. Oh, my God. Yeah, we got blessed with it going from a 90-degree week to an 80-degree weekend. Right. And, and, and chilly at night. What uh-huh. the fuck Bonfires, you know. We'd adult. If, if, it, if it rained, I was like, oh, Gail would have had to get used to a lot of people being sleeping on the porch. Yeah. But, you know, you <laughs> I was ready for that. For it you, I was ready for that. Yeah. I was like, that could happen, you know. No, yeah. I, I feel like we, I mean, the whole idea 
And it, it made me realize that Church of Chill expands beyond a radio show, that it's a, like a state of being, a way of hosting. Right. I mean, I think, mm. and where we merge and are just like such soul family is that we're like, let's do this, have no rules, and then see where our boundaries are and figure it out from there. Like this was such a gift for us and for everyone to be able to explore this space in the most chill way, safest way possible. Right. I feel like Gail and Neil helped me level up in, um, nice, we'll spark one of those. They helped me level up in even the way of hosting and holding space. Like Cass and I, of course, we're like peaking on acid and it starts getting dark out and I start considering other people's vibe and I'm like, oh no, is everyone okay? So we got in a, is everyone okay vibe for hours right. and it kind of bummed us out a little bit. And then I'm like, I see the way you and Neil do it, Neil do it. Right. And it's like, everything's okay. Yeah. You know, like you set the tone for like, like, no, this is happening. Everyone's cool. Right. Not, is everyone cool? That's more us. Like, is yeah. everyone cool? Is everyone cool? Are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure? And you guys are like, everyone's cool. You guys had a fucking... P- a better time than anyone here you guys are having as good a time as anyone here you know right it's true we're running around looking for people that are thinking we think are missing we're fucking (laughs) (laughs) like flipping out look i i totally agree and i think that but i think that it was perfect and i came to that realization of it was only an hour two hours of the experience where i just i ended up getting everyone on my vibe which was the i don't know if everyone's cool but the people who saw that vibe rallied and we started a cool cool check club and yeah. i think the cool cool check club was awesome oh, yeah. well we it was good branding because like basically <laughs> it was like we gotta send out a search party for this girl right right i'm like shit but like can we not bum everyone out in the meantime it's like no we'll just go around and just be like everyone's like, cool 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 cool, yeah. cool. But, but where's christina yeah right <laughs> and it turned out that one of our fam yeah i just scooped her up and they were having a great time. Yeah, and they were having a great time. You yeah. know, Terry had seen her and been like, okay, come on. Oh. You know, and we we knew that, you know, <laughs> about our people. Yeah. Like, we knew yeah. that. We knew that Jamie was, you know, had gone out and checked on the yeah. girl that was just laying there, you know, looking at the stars. And Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, some so many of us are so experienced at tripping yeah. that we know that we can redirect ourselves no matter what mm. totally right. that's a good way of putting and it. what we did is we created an environment of traps of friendly happy loving people exactly. not one person here was not like one of the kindest most loving people i've ever met yeah exactly yeah. especially no... connor oh, oh god connor that's why connor's <laughs> still here <laughs> that's why connor's still here and i'm like what do you mean you gotta leave <laughs> No, we never want Connor. Connor comes and like stays with us for like a week, and it's always like that rough day when he's leaving. I'm oh like, God, no, God, we're not going to hear what? guitar and what? smell spliffs what? in the morning. <laughs> yeah, last night we laid by the fire and he played for us, and it's just—he's a magical person. Some of the best guitar playing I've heard in general was this weekend. My man, like, mm-hmm. yeah, fucking candy flipping in the barn by himself, like yeah, just. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because so at the end of, you know, the tripping, Connor and I were kind of looking at each other. And I was like, Connor, I was like, Connor, let's roll. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was wondering because I because I, I hadn't seen y'all in a while. And I came up and Connor's playing Althea by the Grateful Dead. And he's just right. looking at me and his pupils were huge. And I was like, wait a second. Did you get that second drop? And you're like, no, I took some Molly. I'm like, all right, you're cool right now, man. Wow. Yeah, we were we were definitely on the same vibe about that. 
it I, felt like I was getting a lot of um, like big downloads about how important what we were doing was. Yes. Like I didn't think about that till I was tripping balls, and then I'm like, oh, this is important. This is like, this is the antidote to depression and despair and drug abuse. Like, <laughs> like fear. this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like being around a loving vibe. And what was beautiful about the amount of people was like, we all knew each other. Yeah. It's not a festival where you're like, oh, there's a hundred people I don't know. Like, <laughs> right. You know everyone. So being able to go around and connect with people deeply, uh, you're, you're accountable. You're accountable to the group, you know? So you don't want to go into that bad place. And I'm even noticing it now. Everyone's like spread out like, like love spores all over the country. Exactly. And they're writing to us like about how they're going to integrate this into their life. Right. Maybe they'll invite us to one of these right. things. That's yeah. what we kept saying. Yeah. They're like, when's the next one? We're like, right. y'all are throwing it. Right. You're going to yeah. invite yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody who came here really understood mm -hmm. the point of what we were um, trying to facilitate. And that unto itself was amazing, right? Mm. That they all came here. We really didn't get into a big talk about intention or yeah. what did you you know, bring inside of you that you want to deal. We didn't, we didn't do any of that. We were like, we were like, here you are. <laughs> You're here an adult. It is. <laughs> You're an adult. Yeah. You're an adult. We're going to do this thing. Mm. It kind of felt like an acid test. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. We had a fucking acid test. It was great. I can't believe it. We've always joked about doing that. And and then. But it's not like a fruit punch poll where people don't know what the fuck they're about to get into. It was like, all right, we're gonna freak out together, and let's let's just make the best of this. And we've created a safe, good, loving, supportive environment for you to thrive. Right. Exactly. And it was incredible because we didn't plan music. Connor was rocking out with Peter. And Jamie, Jamie, Jamie and they right. all came together and created this beautiful music together. And it, it was just like, we I was like, this is the best band I've ever heard. And they just met each other fucking 20 minutes ago. I know, right? What the hell is going on? Like, I was like, this is going to be a good fucking weekend. Right. Like, to me, it's all about music. Like, Always. it's all about music. And, and that it's possible to do it without structuring it. Yeah. That we learned that you can do it without saying, okay, you're going to play it this time. You're going to play it this time. You have a guided meditation at this time. We're doing breath work at this time. I'm yeah. not saying that there's not room right. for this stuff it in the future. It just feels corny. Like, this felt like, like, it feels corny compared to what we did. Like, that was so rad. And, like, even, you know what I loved? The next day, after we all tripped hard, I was like, I don't know what the vibe's going to be here. Everyone was in the best mood of their life. Yeah. It was, the, it, would, it was like, literally the polar opposite of what a night of drinking would have left us oh, like. Oh, yeah. Everyone would have woken up the next day suspicious at each other, afraid to come out of their tent. Did I hook up yeah, with somebody? Did right. I, like, it was instead Looking was, at each other. What did you see me do? Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, there was none of that. And then Sean was like, I think I want to do Molly tonight. <laughs> I was like, no, okay. Uh, when I woke up on Sunday, I was like, there's no way in hell I'm doing drugs again. That was a, one of the craziest acid trips of my life. First time doing liquid. I just let Connor give me any amount. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, I'm just trusting you. And he, he hit me with it. And uh, the next day at, like, at noon, I was like, no way. A couple hours went by and my body like felt fine. And I was like, let's do fucking Molly tonight. Like, yeah. fuck it. Yeah. And once again, I thought that was going to be me and Joey. I thought I, I just like we were building the fire and I was like, I'll take Molly with you, even if it was just us two. And then the rumor spread and everyone did it. <laughs> For the most everyone part. Everyone yeah. fucking did it. That was crazy. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that was one of the weirdest nights of my life. That was a like a, a love fest like like none other like boundaries talk about boundaries dissolving right. it was just like 
Right, oh, wow. in the best possible in way. In the best, most respectful, consensual way. Yeah. It wasn't a sexual situation no. or anything for any of us. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was just ex- deep, deep, radical acceptance. Yeah. It took everybody from whatever, when they'd come out of the acid, whatever barriers they were confronting. That's how I saw it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they were... Because sometimes acid brings you to that where you're like, okay, I've, I've got to deal with these things in myself. Yeah. I'm looking at them. I'm seeing them. What do I do next? They took the molly and they were like, oh, this is what I do next. Yeah. I love. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I didn't even think of it like that. I was like, let's just keep the vibe high and then get you all out of here Monday morning. Yeah. But then like as an integration tool. It was an integration tool. Because the acid, as you saw, like there was a bunch of dudes here in their early 20s who right. had never taken it before right and acid is fucking confusing as hell oh my god it's That's like point yeah but molly's not Mm-mm. molly's not you're not going to get confused on that so you have all these questions you have all this stuff and then you took it and i was a little skittish to see like how these boys reacted <laughs> to 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 the molly and i remember i just waited till it hit me to go over to the fire and see them and they were like Thank you so much. I feel great. My mom needs to do this. I love my family. Oh, my God. You guys are the best. It was just like, yeah, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I think it really helped um, some of the younger men. Connor accepted because he's already in the vibe. He's in the elder council. <laughs> he's already, already in the somehow. vibe. I don't know. I think he might have been born that way. I'm not sure. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of the men in that age group, they had never hugged other men like yeah. you could tell like yeah. I was on the porch with two of them and they were like can you please hold me and so I was holding one of them and I looked at the other one and he's like can you hold me and I was like do you know you can hold each other yeah come here yeah you know get in here get in here with each other mm. yeah. yeah and I was I was given uh especially those boys yeah. like those long extended I, I kept saying the church of man love is a holy place to be right David yeah, Bowie yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, you know because it is it's not a sexual thing or anything no. like that. and that's why like uh, we, we brought Joey here our buddy oh. and I'm like when 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 him and Connor signed up I was like it's gonna be great they're just such vibe holders and Joey's gonna hug everyone and make them comfortable in their body right and not feel threatened or anything right. like that yeah. so that w- that was spreading like wildfire yeah we charged up some love spores. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean. Brotherly love. Brotherly love. Right. Yeah. A yeah. lot, lot of laughing. Yeah. And I, I really, I've always known that that's a struggle for men. But yeah, um, it is. It is. seeing it, you know, kind of like playing out in real life in this. Yeah. Over these couple of days and then watching them even on Monday their comfort level with each other yeah. and, you know, touching each other and being yeah. close to each other and, and just, it shifted, it shifted completely. I, I think it's because and this sounds like glib and a little crude, but like, I think it's because of a lot, a lot of dudes, fathers are assholes. True. You know, absolutely. True. And maybe they weren't an asshole to their sister, but they didn't know how, because their dad was a fucking asshole and didn't know how to, right. um, there was a kink in the generational love hose. <laughs> and so there might not have been affection. And, you know, talk to a lot of people about their issues with their dads. Wow. And just, it wasn't like I was going around asking about it. Cause I have a great relationship with my dad, but yeah. he was a fucking asshole too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Dads yeah. are fucking assholes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it's important, I think. Uh, and I'm so, it just gives great. me so much joy that there's people like you and people like Connor and people like Joey yeah. who are just, 
they understand that and they're like, look, yeah, you know, this is the way, this is the way you need to, to learn to love. Yeah. We're here to show you. These guys showed me. Yeah. I'm fucking like 15 years older than this motherfucker (laughs) and like, and Joey and like, we all started hanging out and the love just flows so much that your boundaries just, uh, you're like, why did I have those kind of boundaries? Like, well, because you're like, I don't want to come off like I'm gay. Or something right. like that. It's or like I'm coming is, on to you. Or I'm or coming that on thing, to you. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I think we're all still navigating that. I think this weekend had a lot of that kind of those moments and energy for people. Right. You know, it depends on the headspace you're in. I'm not in a searching for sexual partners here right. headspace. So I wasn't feeling that. But I saw that people were. Right. That was their trip. Right. Like, you know, right. every time I talked to them, it was like, well, so-and-so talked to me and I, or I kissed blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> it was such, oh my God, it was such a love camp because like, think about yeah. camp, you know, Destiny made these beautiful bracelets. Yeah, like there was like right. crafts, people, uh, Eddie did a beautiful painting, a collaborative right. painting. Um, and there was little hookups, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. new romance. I wouldn't necessarily yeah. suggest mixing sex and acid and molly or any of these unless you're in the elder council (laughs) 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 but even that i mean you know watching what was that it was just so respectful it was so sweet it was so beautiful it was so innocent yeah there was nothing you know there was nothing about that that ever there was never anything uncomfortable about it for Mm. anybody else yeah. I mean, it was just beautiful. Do it in the space. I think it's always nice to, you know, keep it private. Go on a walk. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, keep it private. Right. Do go, it. go for a walk. There's go plenty of places yeah. to go plenty for a walk. Space. 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 There's plenty of space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But even further than that, you, you know, it was just so obvious that you were, you were just respectful of what was happening. You were enjoying it. You weren't, trying to grab onto it you know Mm -hmm. you were just like you were you were being gifted with an experience and you were living in the moment with it and that was a really beautiful thing to see yeah we had we had a perfect balance of people who have done this so many times that they they know the deal they know to release attachment go with the flow enjoy the ride don't judge it you know and when you have like half the people who have that burned into their soul because of the difficult trips they've had or whatever and then you realize okay there's people who may be going through the difficult trip and learning those things that the and you're just being able to do this together Man, it was such a gift. And also knowing that I wouldn't, I want people to be happy. I want people to feel connected. I want, and so knowing that we're offering these experiences in this container, like Sean talking about the Molly and what it does, it's like, I've done that enough times to know that it is a net positive. Always. Always a net positive. Maybe the week's a little rough. Maybe you need to take a little extra care of yourself, but these are net positive experiences, the LSD. And it, and but it, we can say that because I think like part of this is like when you've embraced the psychedelic lifestyle, which you know very much about, <laughs> Connor knows very much about, like you become a big wave surfer. Yeah. So there's not a lot of things that are going to phase you because like you're living a life, the equivalent of getting like towed out on a jet ski to the biggest waves exactly and and figuring out how to do it and yeah sometimes you get crushed but we we keep doing it and that's like like we live a psychedelic lifestyle a lot of people are like oh you're taking acid all the time it's like yeah but no like i don't know we we take acid from time to time but it's more of like the lifestyle of endless possibilities right living a boundary dissolving lifestyle exactly 
the yeah, leg in between the, yes. between the trips. Yeah. 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 That's a really good way to put it. Yeah, it's it's when you when I think psychedelic lifestyle, yeah, I'm not thinking about drugs every day. No. I'm thinking about keeping that open mindset. Yeah. Of that. One thing that acid teaches you, right? It's taught me is that shit's going to be hard. Yeah. You know, like that's life. I've laid there after an acid trip going, well, damn, if I can do that, I made it through that. <laughs> I think I can do anything. Right. Thank you. <laughs> right. There are no yeah. bad trips. Yeah. Yeah. There are no bad trips. They're yeah. difficult sometimes. Right. They're difficult yeah. sometimes. But, you know, if you come away from something and, and what you've learned is I can do that. That's yeah. a gift. Oh, yeah. You know? Well, you said you said right away. Thank you. Um, before we even did anything, you were saying this maybe Thursday night. You were like, I wouldn't trade any of my pain or suffering for anything. Yeah. And coming. No, I know. I know a little of your story. And coming from you, that like hit me like a fucking big wave. I was like, whoa. Okay. Yeah. For you to say that, that's like pretty incredible. But it's like. It's so honest and real and talk about radical acceptance. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, all this stuff has made me. Yeah. You know, it led you here. This is happening. That's my motto. This, this is happening. This is happening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. You know, and every once in a while I pose it to Neil as a question. This is happening. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, this is happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's good to get that affirmation back from him. This is happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't don't hide from it. Yeah. yeah. We're not hiding from it. This is what's happening. Yeah. 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 Show up for it. Yeah. And we um, that was a message that got sent out from us as a couple a lot during this event to other couples, which was interesting. Yeah. I did not anticipate couples counseling a little bit, but it <laughs> happened, and um, that came up a lot. You know, like this is happening. This is your truth. Hmm. You know, make a container around your truth mm-hmm. and then put it down. Like, you don't have to be unkind. You don't have to be mean. But the truth is the truth. So put it down there. Lay it right there. Lay mm. it right in front of your partner. So you can see it. So you can see it. Make space for it. Right. And then we were laughing. We were like, yeah, sometimes we do that. And we like lay down these brutal truths, right? They're so ugly and they're so painful. And then we're like, I guess the tractor's broken. We need to go work on that, huh? Mm. Yeah, okay, let's go. You know, <laughs> because we know it's like, it's it's safe, you know. No matter what the truth is, it's safe. What's unsafe is hiding the truth, mm. right? The barriers that that builds and the fear in people because they know. They know something's lurking, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's... That's been a big thing. And, and we ended up discussing that with a lot of couples that were here. Yeah. Um, and I, I hope it really helped them, you know. Um, it did. And also, the you know, the idea of, like, how do you encourage somebody, you know, toxic positivity is a real thing, you yeah. know. Especially like, in these communities. Right. Like, don't tell somebody they can do anything. Don't tell them they can do everything. Go, oh. yeah. You can do everything. You can do anything. Fuck that. No. What do you want? What are you good at? What do you want to do? Yeah. Yeah. Focus. Focus on that. Yes. And if you're a couple, figure figure out how to one of you. If one of you doesn't do something well or you don't want to do it, do you have to learn to do it, or Mm. can the other person do it? 
Can you pay someone to do it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, you don't have to be everything. Be all like, who the hell's got time for that? No. Yeah. Be something. Be something. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Be something. But but don't 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 get in, you know, don't encourage people to spread themselves so thin that they're just worn out. Well, I mean, that that was one of the things we said we were joking about eventually doing a psychedelic etiquette podcast. Yes. And that was that was such an astute point. And we were talking about this yesterday that you brought up that I had never thought about saying that kind of thing to someone on a trip, even though it feels like you, what you want to tell them is a, a ticket to a bad trip for yes, them. Yes, it is. Someone's having a difficult time and you're like, girl, you're so powerful. <laughs> you can do it all. You can do everything. And she's like, I can't breathe right now. Right. Like, let's let's focus. Right. Let's, let's take it back to this moment. Yeah. That was such an astute point I had never thought about. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's like what we were saying. It's about um, reading the vibe. Right. Reading the vibe. Sometimes you need to say that to somebody. I, uh, I've, I had recently said that to somebody, not in psychedelic circumstances. I said it to a woman and she, I was like, you're very powerful. And she was like, I am. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it was good for her. It was good for her. It was good for her. Like you're, uh, but it wasn't like, you got to do everything. You got to quit your job. You should, you know, I'm not laying a trip on her. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, definitely during the psychedelic experience, like learning to to read the room if you're with a lot of people is something uh we could all practice because we'd never tripped around that many people right and uh yeah i think if if uh if you're listening you're gonna be just fine and so is everyone else that's right yeah Yeah, it's all okay yeah it is all okay yeah and i i feel without question that everybody here got what they needed Ooh. That was definitely validated yeah. for me. Right. That uh, people who came thinking they needed to make a big change in their life were actually leaving like, oh, I, I'm actually really content with my life. It's really beautiful. People who were just getting by in their life are like, I think it's actually time that I use my strength and make a change. Right. You know, and it's like there's no one prescription. Right. Um, but to, to understand your true self a little deeper, you know, the unfiltered, pure version of yourself. It's it, what Sean and I call it is like you create a high watermark for what, how you can love someone, how you can feel connected to the universe. How life can be. How life can be. People are looking at your setup (laughs) and like, it's probably changing the course of their life. Like us. Wow. Wow. Just, just looking at this and like, even, even, um, our, our, some new homies that we met that live around here are like, whoa, they have a fucking sound system like this in their backyard? <laughs> Wait, they have a fog machine and lasers? Like, it's, uh, you know, it's it's definitely uh, inspirational. And a weekend like this, in a lot of ways, can set the high watermark. And mm-hmm. I, I just remember talking, when, when we got here, we were just, everyone was just vibing on Friday night. Yeah. We did the acid trip on Saturday, but everyone was vibing on Friday night. And, I was talking to these boys about Christ consciousness and it turns out like everyone, all these like kids like grew up in like deep Christianity and like, and they started thinking about uh, Jesus differently as a, as a form of consciousness, as Christ as a form of consciousness that you can achieve. And then they take acid for the first time and they're like, I get it. Yeah, I get (laughs) it. it, Yeah. It wasn't about sitting in the church. No. <laughs> this is the church. This is the church. <laughs> yeah. This is the the church, church of Chill gives out the sacrament. That's right. <laughs> That's uh, right. Yeah. That's right. Cause you you're that. you're a fucking badass. You're a wild woman. Mm-hmm. You're a wild woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, in like a very innocent looking 
you too. You guys have that in common. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is a horse farm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Well, there's something in Cass and I that we recognize about each other. Mm. And it's been an, just so, so easy. Mm. It's such a pleasure, you know. Um, she hasn't had a friend like this in a while. Oh, you know, well, you've got one now. That's not yeah. to put down your other friends, but no, like y'all spending hours on the phone to get together and like just seeing how she comes out of those conversations, like so inspired and ready to do things. And like, we did this. I can't, we would have made any excuse not to do this because we're so not these people, but mm-hmm. we did it. No, a week beforehand when some people were dropping out, like the people that I thought were like the main people who were going to be here. We're like, hey, it's not right for me. I was like, fuck, is this even right for me? I don't know. If I wasn't hosting this, maybe I'd drop out too. And um, yeah. And thank God we were hosting it because yeah. this was incredible. And I think the people, I think that it's a very sensitive time. And the people who were a little too sensitive for this moment to share this space, thank fucking God they didn't come. Right. Exactly. You know, because people who got here and and did everything, drove the 20 hours. I mean, we had people coming from San Francisco, uh, Dallas, Fort Worth area, Indiana, Indiana, Texas, Texas, uh, New York, Florida, Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Like, and, and I think what helped a lot of people too, because we can all get so isolated right now. It's like, Oh, my homies are all over the fucking place. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. What an important message. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, well, because I always think of community is like, it's something that's always happening and you don't have the lens on for it. And then mm. when you tap into what community is and what it, what it really means, you start to see it and you start to feel it. And then you, you can nurture that garden that was always growing, but it just has a bunch of weeds and stuff in it. And you just gotta, you gotta fucking tend to it. Yeah. You gotta tend to the right. garden. Right. But community's there, and, like, that's that's really, really, really what I want to inspire in people is not, like, I need to be at the next space camp. It's, like, no, no, this was fun. This was a lot of fun, and we'll never forget it, but, like, it's it's not about that. No. It's about being that love spore, like, go, go out there and, like, spread this vibe around. Yeah. Spread this vibe around. That's it. Like, right. you know, be a homie to people. That's yeah. That's what we try to show people It's like, Hold space for people. Be a homie, you know. Right. Hold space for people that you never thought you would have before. We used to be so averse to hard drugs. Right. And I mean, there's, there's plenty of people in our life that struggle with hard drugs. Right. And, uh, like, overcoming that, like, whoa, you know, because I grew up around it and I've been traumatized right. by yeah, it. you've been traumatized by it. Is, like, uh, it's worthwhile work. Mm-hmm. It's it's worthwhile work. It's like tearing down the, those boundaries that that traumas may have formed. So um, not right. that we're into hard drugs, but like we can hold space for those people, right. and I can understand them more. Right. And and see where uh, people that I've uh, struggled with where that where that's stemming from. And there's just all so so many beautiful lessons when you open yourself to community, and you're not picky and choosy about it when you're picky and choosy about it that's more of a click i feel like that's mm-hmm. not a community right you know and there's people that are clicky yeah you, oh, yeah. Can, you can feel that but then there's people that are community community has to do with acceptance yes you know? yes absolutely and right i mean i hope that people are going out and realizing that you know we there were a lot of people here over the weekend who very gently touched into the political situation we're in right now. And I told them, I said, I know that 
my work as far as that goes is to do this. Right. Mm -hmm. Because (laughs) you're radicalizing people. Right. (laughs) The more people who learn that they do not have to, they do not have to move into the capitalistic world Mm -hmm. and grind that grind and live that life in order to have the things they need. Right. Right. The, Mm -hmm. The more people that move away from that, the less power that system has. Mm hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, Don't consent to it anymore. Do not consent to it. Divest. Divest. Slay that inner capitalist. That's right. It's worth it. It's, and um, people separate the two, but that is a spiritual journey. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, It really getting in there and seeing it's a process of unlearning. It is a process of unlearning. Well, for me, you know, you know this, you've both heard this. For me, I, I was raised as a feral child. Mm-hmm. So I never, I was never given any of those ideas. Mm-hmm. And the bonus was nobody ever told me what I couldn't do either. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's mm-hmm. good. So I never, I just never had like the fear of what happens if I don't go to work for a big company that's going to, provide me health insurance and Mm -hmm. you know a retirement fund and I was never afraid of that because nobody told me I had to have it Mm. right right so I just kept moving through my life going okay I know it's horses and letting it take me like into what it took me Mm -hmm. you know and it just kept changing and changing and changing and changing but it was always the horses and it's still the horses Mm. you know they're still how we provide for this space, you know, and um, I, I was never angry at my parents uh, for the way that I was raised. Um, I never felt alone. I never felt lonely. Um, I had, we lived on farms, mm. you know, so, That's cool. right. So I had, I had the outdoors. So how could I ever be lonely? Mm had the trees and the animals and the bugs and the dirt and the earth and yeah it's um it was it was it was for me the best way that I could have grown up Mm -hmm. um and I've tried to impart a lot of that on my kids for better or worse (laughs) (laughs) well it's hard to do because isn't the instinct to to nurture yeah right to control to to control right yeah yeah. 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 And so for me, like, I've just tried to always, and, and, and I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to sound like, oh, I've been so successful at it. Mm-hmm. Fuck, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, all I want them is to be free. Yeah. And themselves. Mm-hmm. Just be free and be yourself. Whatever form that takes, you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of times they've felt unsupported because of that. They'll be thanking you for it. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because it is a gift. It's like what we were saying. It's like, and, I, and this is just objectively as someone that doesn't have kids, I hate when people lay their trip on their kids. Right. It's like what we were saying about the psychedelic experience. Don't lay a trip on somebody. But like when when it's almost like they are so anxious and tight as a person that they can't help but try to impart that on their kid, their set of worries about the world onto their kids. Right. And, um, it's, it would, it's almost better to just do the opposite or nothing. Right. Or, 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 <laughs> or really nothing at all. But I think that's a huge gift to give to your kids is the space, the freedom, you know? 
Yep. Wow. Yeah. Well, for not having kids, we're leaving with a lot more family. Yeah. You know, and that's the yeah. thing that's kind of can get intimidated, intimidating because I, I have done these experiences with people. And as much as we knock heads or whatever happens, I'm like, well, you're my fucking brother. Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> we're trapped together. Not like in a right. bad way. Not but in a like, bad way, but, but we're like, in this together. We are in this together. But you and Connor got into it. You know, remember? <laughs> Connor, wanted a, Connor wanted another drop at the worst time possible <laughs> and, and you didn't. were like stop it <laughs> and then he's like Kaz we can give me another job and I was like y'all need to squash this no I was so happy because I, I went and then I spent another hour being like fuck Connor's mad at me I fucked up and then I found Connor and he's like no I'm cool and I was like thank fucking god and I think he's cool partly because he knows we're cool like I, I didn't mean anything I'm and not partly because Gail gave him Molly. <laughs> well, I looked at him and I was like, I don't really know. I mean, do you want to do more acid? I think you want to roll. And he was like, yeah, girl, I want to roll. That Let's was a good do call. It. I, think that was, I think that was a good call. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you take it at once. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you did it perfectly. That, you did it perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of an easy read. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We smoked a ridiculous <laughs> amount of weed. Yeah, we smoked oh, yeah. so much. Weed. We, yeah, we learned so much on this trip, you oh, know, we and we're I think yeah. we're all trying not to beat ourselves up for what we want to do differently and just be like, look, we left it really open and we pulled it off and we somehow pulled it off where there wasn't an emergency where someone needed to run to the store to get one thing, but That's right. we had everything we needed. Everyone was an outdoor shower with, with hot, hot water. water. Hell yeah, that <laughs> like you just made walk it. out into the woods and there's a shower out there. <laughs> yeah, that's all Neil. You know, Neil's always running Incredible. behind the scenes, and sometimes he'll suggest things, and I'll be like, "We don't need that." And he'll be like, "Oh yeah, we do." And, I'll, and he's like, "I'll just handle it." And he's like, "We're gonna need that," and I'm like, "Oh okay." You know, and he just does it. Wow. And he does it. And Neil does is, it, is and like what I inspire to be. Like, he's definitely like, we need people like you guys. Because yeah. we always feel like we're leading people. And we're like, we kind of want to look up to somebody <laughs> a little bit, you know. And, and we always think of Alex and Allison Gray, but they're like uh, not accessible. They're, right. you know, they're on a different level. Yeah. Right. Like, it's just seeing how you and Neil conduct yourselves and, I just I really appreciate his autonomy like yeah that he's even if he's tripping hard he's like walking slowly not freaking anyone out like I, he was my my beacon of light through mm -hmm. the trip just in knowing everyone was fine I could just see how he was walking oh he's walking slow like he's like putting lights around this girl who's um passed out <laughs> right. like not passed out like not like unconscious passed right. out but kind of like in, she was in an internal trip she was yeah. in an internal trip and he's just like we're just gonna put some lights around her so no one uh walks on her <laughs> you know it was he had such <laughs> grace and Sean grace. the whole time grace. was like I just want to make sure Neil and Gail are happy. And you guys were always happy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody told me that, um, I think it might have been Shannon um, told me that they had this realization as a group that they were living inside of my fantasy during Whoa. this. Cool. <laughs> and I said, that's kind of true. That is an <laughs> absolute truth. Yeah. yeah. This is exactly what I have fantasized isn't quite the right word. You know, um, what I have created this for is mm -hmm. for people to be able to have 
whatever experience. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's Thanks, um, whether it's this experience, you know, um, whatever experience, you know, you can come here and throw a tent in the woods and do your thing. Look you know? at the beautiful people. Yeah. Because, I mean, we made art, but the people were the art. Right. Yeah. Like, right. honestly, some of the most, like, beautiful human beings I've yeah. ever seen. Every person here. Yeah. It was like a, like a movie. Yeah. Oh, I know. It was crazy. I know, right? Yeah. Somebody had asked me, um, Terry had asked me, so are they filming this? Or are they making this into a documentary? I was like, no. And she kind of laughed um, before she was leaving. She goes, I kind of wish this had been filmed. Right? Yeah, right. And I laughed. I said, I know. Right? That was but one of the lessons. Cass said, next time we need one person who just, for, some reason, for some reason, <laughs> just doesn't want to take it. And then we're like take a few fucking pictures yeah because i mean it's etched into my mind but everyone's sitting there together and doing that all at once was i was like we're about to explode the moon right now right i think no, we something did, did happen a dark hole yeah a, there was two, some, black two, holes. two black holes black collided, collided during our event, sorry right? y'all sorry about that <laughs> oh, we don't but we don't really know what black holes are yeah so hey yeah. you know it, it's uh, it's funny because what we do, it feels like, why did we go from being documentarians to event coordinators? You know what I mean? Or, or trying try, trying to throw like a mini festival. And it makes me realize that there is a through line, though, because the way our documentaries come together and why they are the way they are is because we just try to create an environment for people to be them their best selves. We don't and do anything sh- on we, the films. Like, like we're like, like we create a container. Yeah. Right for someone to thrive in or someone to have a vulnerable moment in or just be themselves and that's probably why our films feel different than other ones and that's probably why this felt different like all the festival kids kept calling this a festival but i was like what festival have you been at where you knew every single person and you'd been connecting deeply with them in ceremonies over the course of a whole weekend like that it's it's a rare thing it's like it's probably I don't want to, I don't want to chase this dragon in a way. Like, it's like, if we're going to do something again, like it's going to be better, but we can't chase this dragon. No. This was like, you can never recreate no. the magic. rare never form recreate. of love. Yeah. Like that yeah. just flowed. Yeah. And, uh, and we really, we thank you. We, we yeah. would have never done this. No, otherwise. no, definitely <laughs> never not. done. Someone could have yeah. even offered us the same property, but if they weren't you and Neil, we would have never done this. <laughs> we didn't even know if we were going to take acid. We got here and I met you and I was like, I'm fucking tripping. <laughs> Sean's uh, like, take the liquid with me. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Well, you know, it was so funny for us because you got here, you know, and the door opens and there's, you know, I think initially it was like you and Joey and, and, Joey Connor. and Connor and the door opened and I looked at you and guys and I was like, fuck yes. <laughs> oh my god oh my god yeah. right and and i just knew i was like all right we're good yeah oh yeah, there's such good. beauties there's yeah. such beauties yeah that for me was so grounding yeah the four of you coming in just as you are you know that phrase come as you are mm-hmm. right Ooh, yeah yeah it like i was like yes this is this is what we have to, this is who we have to be this is what we have to do mm. we have to come as we are so that all of these people can come here as they are oh you know, wow. right if, yeah. you, if we're not that way then they can't be that way and to have you show up and bring yourselves 
all, you're just, you are your authentic selves all the time. We have no choice. I know. I feel that way too. <laughs> I knew that what about it is. you. Yeah. I know that about you. I yeah. was like, Gail has one gear in the same way we do. Yeah. It's just like, Whoa. here it is. <laughs> here this it is, is who I am. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's why people love you so much. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone's sitting there writing notes to you guys. We uh, have a <laughs> box of the most beautiful notes and yeah. gifts and just little kindnesses. And we sat there last night in the bed and read them because it was the first time we had really been able to be alone and quiet Mm -hmm. together. And we'd saved it for that. Mm -hmm. And so we did, we sat down and read the notes and it was, um, it was amazing. Everybody had a little different message. Um, you know, it wasn't just gratitude. It wasn't just love. It was, it was, I learned this Mm. and this is what I want to take back out into the world. Mm. This empowered me to go do this out in the world, Mm -hmm. you know, and that was, um, that was an amazing thing to read, you know, other than just, I had a good time. Right. Right. And that's okay too. If if that's all it was, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to tell someone what they're going to, how they're going to have an experience. Yeah. I'm really averse to that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, to see that because I think that when you and I were talking about this and we were talking about who was coming, we kept redirecting ourselves back to who needs this. Right. Mm -hmm. That was always the question. Who needs this? Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't, we're just having a party. Yeah. Or who's going to bring something. Right. Like who do we need? It's no, who needs this? Who needs this? Mm -hmm. Right. And, and that got, that became really pivotal a lot of times when we were talking about what was going to happen, you know, who needs this? Um, not who feels they have something they need to give or present or, you know, um, yeah, that was not, uh, that was not part of the intention and it helped a lot to be able to be clear. And then of course people bring music like Donovan and Eddie played incredible music Mm -hmm. and, and brought in Austin and Eddie brought paints and Christina brought, uh, beads and, and, uh, crystals and, uh, destiny brought bracelets and made bracelets and Connor brought some weed and some good <laughs> you know and i mean Connor i could go the good good, the he, good, brought, good. he brought some sacraments you know yep. and every i mean just i i could go through every single person and and bask in how much that they brought and contributed exactly. and and shared and and loved and peter and alexa were so cool they were oh so my cool Zeph. Yeah, peeking Pe- out saying like some <sighs> things that we all needed to hear in that moment um jake oh my god i right. just jesse jesse right my brother in crocs my brother in crocs he was so funny he and i yeah. he and i talked a lot um i guess on monday and yeah he, he had told me this whole story you know about how he had learned that he could change and he had learned that he could move around and that I put the, I said this, he did not say this, but I said, does it feel like that's becoming like an addiction? Mm-hmm. Like, are you becoming to the, like, kind of addicted to the idea of the the rush of, and the adrenaline of the change and the rebuilding or, you know, like he was like, yeah. And I think, I don't think I want that anymore. 
Yeah, he happy was, where I am. Yeah, he was one that. of the ones that I got off on how peaceful he seemed after this whole yeah. thing because he was saying like, oh, I think this will help me figure out what I'm going to do next. And he was just like, I'm happy where I'm at. And That's I was just like, so yeah, That was beautiful. so beautiful. It that was is so amazing. Yeah. I love that. That's that is like that's even better than like I have to change my whole fucking life. Right. Like I, I, you know, I'm always like, eh, yeah. Yeah, but it's also good when you like realize like, hey, maybe there I do have the strength. You know, um, Kirsten really inspired me. I mean, she came here and with her big staff, and she came riding like a badass. What yep. a beauty. Yeah. You know. Right. Yeah. Um, and really just made me feel safe. You know, and all these people who also came alone. That you know, what, the leap of faith that, that it takes to come that's to psychedelic an in itself. event mm. like this. I'm going to drive across the country right. to a farm to hang out with some people I heard on a podcast. On a podcast. And, and next thing you know, we're like best friends. Right. And I'm like, oh, th- this is our community. Like, this is the foundation of something. Yes. I was telling all these, these guys, I was like, I hope I know you guys 45 years from now. Exactly. Like, this will be so cool if we can, like really stick together and and keep encouraging each other like I, I try to do a men's group in brooklyn from time to time and like open up a circle and it's it's very it's a very powerful thing but like what i saw going exchanging between the men here was sacred sacred so necessary oh yeah. my god wes and us are gonna do some work together too you know what i mean like there's certain people yeah. that you're like met a f- another new friend from brooklyn <sighs> yeah that's so cool well, yeah. this was fucking rad. I loved being here and talking to you. I want to do many more podcasts with you. I think we have a lot of stuff to talk <laughs> about, but I th- I think we needed to do a quick little diary entry uh, before we left so we could remember what even happened. Yes. Because, good Lord, that was a high time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So you had touched on when I told you that I would never, ever, I would that, that I would not exchange my suffering. Yes. For mm-hmm. anything. Yes. And, um... I know that we'd wanted to talk about that a little bit. Are you? Is oh, this the absolutely. Time? Yeah, I wasn't trying time. to push you. No, I know. I was trying to create openings. I know. Mm-hmm. You I know, felt it. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so actually, we might have a polar bear with us in a moment. Oh, that would be awesome. He's thinking about doing the jump. Oh, he changed <laughs> Thanks, his brother. mind. Um, so um, one of the things that I reached out to you about was um, that your podcasts have been one of the spaces for me where I've been able to listen and really dig into addiction issues um, Mm. and what they, how they impact people. You know, you've you've spoken so freely about your father and your childhood with that and just, and how that's evolved over the years. And um, one of, um, one of the reasons that we had such a shift so radically um, and so cleanly and and easily directed was um, my son who died a year ago last July was a heroin addict Mm. and um, it was um, can we say his name Matthew bring him into the space he's always with us yeah Mm. well I don't have to tell you no (laughs) no yeah he's always here and um he would have been totally down with this event. <laughs> yeah. He he understood the difference between the drug that he was addicted to and why he was addicted to it and what he was getting from it and and how it harmed him and the difference between that and, and positive drugs, psychedelic drugs. And um, I do wish that we had moved into this space sooner 
but things can only proceed at, at the pace that they proceed, of course. And his death pushed us hard mm. into that. And, um, and so I'm grateful for that. And, mm. and I, I want to proceed what I'm going to say with that. Um, Matthew was the absolute king of impermanence. Mm. What does that mean? He understood impermanence on a level that I really don't think most people ever do in their lifetime. Mm -hmm. um, he would give anything that he had to you. He had no attachment mm -hmm. unless it was a person or an animal, mm -hmm. something alive, mm -hmm. but everything else. Um, and you know, sometimes it was annoying, right? Like you, <laughs> I'd be like, I gave you that thing, you know? And he'd be like, yeah, I give it to someone on the bus. <laughs> like, oh. But you need the thing. He's like, yeah, you know, I'm okay. Um, he was homeless in New York City for over two years. Oh, wow. And he navigated that, you know, and learned um, really, I think, truly during that time, you know, how to, how to give things up mm. to not need. Um, and um, so when he, he moved here from New York City, um, there's a long story about how that he got here, but there was a very weird circumstance that I do want to tell you. Um, he had been trying to check himself in the hospitals to detox, and they wouldn't do it. You know, a, a heroin addict is almost always triaged on the bottom of the list mm. because heroin, heroin detox theoretically won't kill you. Mm -hmm. So you can run out of drugs and not be able to get them and lay there for five days and theoretically it's not going to kill you. And he had, he had done it so many times. He had a dual, a duality about it. He had a fear of it because it's horrible. Mm -hmm. And he had a fatalistic perspective about it. Also that, yep, I'm going to do this. It's going to be horrible. It's going to suck. When I come out of it, I'm going to be an empty vessel. I'll be empty. There'll be nothing in me. And then I will have to refill myself. And so he, he saw it from both sides mm -hmm. and often would choose, you know, I, I've just got to do this and he'd do it. And, um, what we started realizing, well, okay. So the bus, <laughs> so he's in New York city and he called me and he said, I, I can't, I can't get a hospital to take me in and, and let me detox. They won't, they just won't admit me. And he said, I, you know, I don't, I just don't know what to do. And, um, I said, I just want to come home. And I said, okay. I'm going to send you, well, this was a, a very scary thing. And it's a little weird for me that I'm going to say this out loud, but I'm going to say it because I think it's important. He said to me, I don't have any money and I need some heroin. And I said, how much money do you need? And this is so poignant to me because he said to me, 60 bucks. He could have told me. Six hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. I don't. I didn't know what heroin cost. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. It's like sixty bucks. So I Western Union, sixty dollars. I didn't hear from him for about ten days, and he called me from somebody else's phone, and he said, "I need to get on a bus now." And I said, "Okay, I'll, dude, I'll call the bus station. You'll have a ticket there, and you get there." I'll be there. And he said, okay. So 
I'm trying to think how this went because it was so crazy. He told me he was, he was going to be on the bus in the morning. He woke up. He said he woke up out of a nod and went, oh, my God, I need to get on the bus. And he literally stood up wearing the coat he was wearing, the shoes he was wearing, whatever. And he walked out the door of wherever he was and he started running because he knew he was late. And it's in New York in January. So he's running through the snow and ice. And he said, I just ran. Like, I just couldn't, you know, I couldn't stop. And he got to the bus stop and he watched the bus leave. He missed it. Mm. And he said to the person behind the ticket desk, I had a ticket for that bus. What do I do? And the person said, well, there's another one in 15 minutes. Mm. And he said, can I get on that bus? And they said, yeah, you can get on that bus. So the bus pulled in. He got on the bus. He called me from someone's phone. This is where I'm landing in Durham. I was like, okay. I didn't know any of this had happened. Later, we looked at the bus schedule. There was no second bus to Durham mm-hmm. on the schedule. Hmm. Wow. We have no idea what that was. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was very crazy and I was so unknowing at that time about heroin and how it worked or anything he had exactly enough heroin to get himself here so when I picked him up I was like oh do you want to go to Starbucks do you want to get coffee do you want to get and he's just like I need to get in a bed Mm -hmm. and I need we'd already talked you know he was like I'm gonna do this at your house this is what I, you know, like, he was like, do you have these things? And I do, you know, whatever the things he needed, I had them. And he said, okay, it's going to take me about five days. These At these times, I want you to bring me these things. Don't touch me. Don't talk to me. Don't think I'm going to eat or drink. I'm not going to be able to do anything. I said, okay. So he was in my bedroom during that time. Um, and that was... Uh, you know, in hindsight, I think it was the bravest thing I've ever seen anybody do. Mm. It was amazing. And he lived here for about two years. And the whole time he was here, he was sober. And we did not understand. At that point, we thought, oh, it's gone. It's over, right? And so... I never wanted him to leave here, Um, but men have that push from everywhere that they have to go out Mm. into the world and somehow provide or do, and that, that started rising up and rising up and rising up, and he was doing, you know, work for people, and he was making money, and he had an income, and um. But what he really was, was a writer. Mm-hmm. And he, um, one of the things he learned was that this was the only place that he could write. And he found that he sacrificed that to go out into the world and be, I'm going to put quotes around it, independent. Mm-hmm. Take a job to pay the rent, to pay, you know. Right, right. Yeah. And in the in the truth of it for him, um, 
that was never going to be in his capacity to do that. And every time he tried to do it, he relapsed. And we went through this struggle over and over again where we would withdraw from him when he would relapse because that's what all the messages are. That's what you're told. Totally. The show Intervention. You ever watch that? Yeah. Horrendous. Yeah. You've got to cut them off. They've got to hit rock bottom. Everyone you love is about to cut you off. Yeah. Don't do the drugs. (laughs) So what do they do? They're like, oh, I'm totally disconnected now. Yeah. I'm going to do the thing stops me feeling from disconnected mm-hmm. yeah and it took us so fucking long to learn that mm-hmm. it was so it was so terrible and i have so much regret that i didn't learn sooner but we didn't so um before he died um for about a year, a year and a half, we came to the place where he was able because we accepted his addiction. Mm. We just learned somehow, some like the penny dropped. Mm. And we were like, why are we trying to separate him out of this thing that is part of him? Mm-hmm. That just is. And so we stopped rejecting it. And what happened when we stopped rejecting it was that he was able to be honest with us mm-hmm. about it. He didn't have to hide it. Yeah. Because he didn't have to hide it, he didn't have to be disconnected. Mm. And all of, whenever, you know, what had been manipulation... Because he did, you know, when he was feeling disconnected, he did manipulate people. It's part of it, it seems. It is, right? Like, he would manipulate people to get what he needed. Mm -hmm. You know, he would do things to get what he needed. When we stopped disconnecting him, it stopped. Yeah. Because he didn't have to do it anymore. He could ask. He could ask. Mm -hmm. He could tell me what he needed. Yeah. And I could be honest. I could say, I can help you with that, or I can't help you with that. But it wasn't coming from a place of distrust anymore or fear. Yeah. It was just, re- it was just, this is where we are. This is who we are. This is what we're doing. And um, wow. it changed everything. Yeah. It changed everything. Talk um, about holding space. Right. And it became so easy, you know, um, to just be able to say, you know, you know, he would come and work on the farm and he would say, you know, I'm going to have to blow through Durham before I go home and, you know, pick up some stuff. And I'd be like, okay. You know, I'm not going to judge it anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to ask you not to do it. I'm not going to, I'm just not. Right. And, um, that was really, really beautiful because we were able then to have him at Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like, I met with the kids. I was like, okay, it's Thanksgiving. You know, how how do we want to handle this? And they were like, with acceptance. Mm-hmm. And we want him here. We know he's going to have to leave at some point. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. That's fine. Um, it just, it changed everything. And um, 
when he died, um, <laughs> it's funny because everybody always assumes that he died from an overdose. And the truth is, we don't really know how he died. Oh, really? We don't know. Mm-mm. He did shoot something up, um, but he had been in the same using the same bag for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. So, I this sounds weird. He was a professional heroin addict. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't playing with it. Mm-hmm. He knew how to do it, and he was minimizing it so he could live his life and I do not believe that he overdosed I also don't believe that because when the paramedics got there they treated him as an overdose and it didn't work yeah you know something else happened yeah Narcan did nothing did nothing did nothing Um, and so the end result and this will always somewhat bother me not truly but there's a little bit of me that's like because I'd been to the hospital with him many times over um, health issues that had been created from his addiction. And sometimes people just were like, you're, you're sick. It doesn't matter why. We're, we're here to help you. And some people <laughs> would be like, oh, yeah, you're a heroin addict. Yeah. 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 So they don't really give a fuck what happens to you. Yeah. And so um there's a part of me that struggles a little bit that um there was an assumption instead of him being looked at as a whole human being. That was happening. However, he was not afraid to die. Mm. The veil for him was so thin mm. and he was excited to find out what happened mm. after death. Truly excited. Mm. And it was something that we talked about a lot. And um, because I'm, I also am not, I have no fear of death. Mm. And um, not a lot of people are in that space. So when you talk to people who are, it's, in, in, it's refreshing and enlightening and helpful. And so I knew that. I knew that he was not afraid to die. So when when I got the text from the girl that he was living with, that he was in the hospital, I knew the minute I saw it. And I looked at Neil and I said, we're going to take a couple hours here. We're going to get the farm in order. We're not rushing to the hospital. Um, we will get there. This is going to unfold. I don't know how yet. If we get there after he's out of his earth suit, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Mm. But um, they had revived him after he had been without a heartbeat for 18 minutes. Wow. Right. Which, you know, at first I was so angry. But then I realized that, and it was interesting because one of the the first things one of the doctors said to me is, I understand your son is a heroin addict and I want you to know that he's on fentanyl right now. Mm -hmm. He's on, he's on opioids. We're not going to stop that. 
we do not want him to go into withdrawal. Mm. I cried like a baby. I never had someone say that to me before. It was always, oh, he's a heroin addict. We're cutting him off. Yeah, yeah. You know, this man was just like, no. Yeah. Oh, God, no. We don't want him to go into withdrawal. Mm. Right? And that was so beautiful. It was such a gift Mm. to know that he wasn't suffering Mm -hmm. in that way. So there were a lot of important things that happened during that. And that was one of them. But... So what I understand now is that they have a protocol that they have to go through. And they told me, you know, I understood. I knew immediately what 18 minutes meant. But, you know, one of the doctors said to me, he said, we see crazy things happen. And we have seen people come out of things like this. You know, and shockingly be incredibly unimpaired. We've seen people come out of this and their family wishes they had not done this. He said, it's all up to you. Just you. And his dad was here. His dad had flown down together the next day. And we're, you know, we're close. We co-parent well. So we were grateful to be together. And, um, he, um... Everything was stable for about 48 hours. And what I, under, what I understand now is that that was a gift to his siblings. Mm. Yeah. Right. Um, they needed that time to be with him. Mm-hmm. Um, Olivier came. And he, Olivier and he... Um, They were musicians, and they played together. And it was very intimate. It was something they did alone as a flow. And I have some videos of it that are, oh God. And Olivier um, came with me. Like I texted him, and I said, bring your guitar. And he just played. played curled up next to his brother for hours and this weekend when I walked into the barn and Peter was curled around his guitar it was so healing for me here mm. to see that that flow you know that person just wrapped around that instrument and the instrument is he vote you know all of the emotion is coming out of it yeah and i saw peter and i just sat i sat in the burning cry mm. i'm so grateful mm. so grateful you know so now i understand you know that part of me is like what the fuck? Why did you revive him after 18 minutes? Mm-hmm. You know? But 
when I walked in the room, he knew I was there. Oh, yeah. He knew for a very short period of time. I had my hands on his legs, you know, and I was telling him I loved him. And, and he would push against my hands, you know. And then he slipped into a different consciousness. And that was the consciousness that his brother connected to. And then on the third morning, we walked in and the doctor said, things are going badly very fast. And we'd like to know what, you know, what do you want us to do? And I said, oh, it's time to be done. It's time. And they said, okay, well, we want to give you all the time you need. Um, and we want, we want to talk to you about who you want here in this room. And we will handle everybody else. We will talk to them about that. That's not, not true. You don't have to do that. So his father and I um, talked about it. And we said, you know, we've seen people die before. Their body die. Yeah. Right. And so we knew that this was unpredictable, what would happen next. And so the nurses said, you know, we're going to, we're going to keep the Ativan rolling. You know, we don't want him to panic. We don't want anything in his body to panic. Mm. We're going to keep the opioids rolling. And mm. the nurse looked me in the eye and she said, I'm going to send him. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> So much gratitude. So much gratitude. I said, you're, I said, oh, you're going to send him on a trip? She said, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so much respect for that woman. You know, she knew. She knew. She said, yeah, he's going to go the way he wants to go. Mm. And I was so grateful. And um, so, you know, they disconnected all the machines and turned everything off and it was finally you know hospital room was like so loud yeah and it was finally perfectly quiet and when they disconnected everything he was never stressed you know he just you just saw his whole body just relax you know there was no more nothing to fight nothing to try to be involved with he knew that um and as soon as we saw that, I looked at her and I said, please get Olivier and his guitar. Mm -hmm. Because I knew then that, you know, there was nothing happening that would scare him. And he came in the room and he curled up with him and he played. I will never forget the light the room hitting him and how everything about him he was so present and he played until the very last heartbeat on the monitor and it took a long time I know it took a long time because he was playing. Mm -hmm. That was why. Yeah. 
the nurses were kind of shocked. <laughs> they were like, we've waited a long time. And there's been another heartbeat. <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> I know how unusual this is. And they were crying. They were crying. They were, like, they were like, God, this is so beautiful. And it was. It was a, it was a beautiful death. Um, and when it was all, when his heartbeat quit, Olivier played a Mac Miller song that goes, I, I don't know the song intimately, but the refrain of the song was, brother, everybody has to die. We all have to go. So I'm so grateful that we learned before he died that the opposite of and you've you've interviewed Joanne Hari. Yeah. And chasing the scream. Yeah. And what he talks about is that, you know, addiction is disconnection. Yeah. And so I think the thing that You gotta roll. I would love people to know is that this is gonna be a funny podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. all over Connor for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> It's all good. I know, right? So much love. <laughs> we'll see you very soon. Yeah. <laughs> Connor. <laughs> You're the best, Connor. <laughs> you really are. You Thank are you like so much. <laughs> a magical being. <laughs> oh God, me too. We love you. You'll be back. Yeah, we're gonna road trip to Georgia. Yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna see your people. Yeah, <laughs> we're We're gonna do it. We Got love you. You walked off with it. See, let him have his lighter. We'll figure it out. Okay. No, I just I I don't have one. <laughs> Do you have one in your pocket? Okay, cool. Make your flight, Connor. Yeah. We love you. We love you, man. Love you yeah, uh, let us know when you're home. Yeah, well, yeah please. Please. He'll, we'll find Thank one. Thank you, baby. Bye, Bye sweetheart. <laughs> Crazy. Waves. <sighs> <sighs> That's such a beautiful like transmission, you know. Yeah, I just I just hope that anybody hearing this under can it might help them understand that um, the message that we're given about addiction and the way we're supposed to view people and treat people to theoretically help them or save them. Um, I'm not really sure it's it's true. Oh, it's, um, it, I feel that, that the message of, you know, they're using, you have to, you have to kick them out. They have to hit rock bottom. You know, I, I, I blogged yeah. about this, that, you know, my goal was always oh, to keep him alive. <laughs> yeah. You know? 
it was always just to keep him alive. Mm. And rock bottom is dead. Mm. Rock bottom is death. Yeah. Um, and I don't think people realize that when they're saying it, that often rock bottom is dead. Yeah. You know, they're hearing something. They're being told something, and it's making them feel that they can control this. Yeah. Like it's giving them a way to feel like they're con- they can control this and make it, you know, they can push this person into something. And that's just not, that's not our journey. Mm. It's just not. Um, and I can't tell anybody else how to do it, but I know how it eased everything for us right. when we stopped. Mm. Yeah, that's a really tough thing to impart. I mean, sharing like this is a powerful thing, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And and I've I've shared in that way, like, with uh, even with my dad and his problems, it's like the thing I was holding back from him was like the exact thing he needed. Right. You know. Right. I was like, "Oh, you're on drugs. Fuck you." Right. You know. Um, and uh, I I wouldn't like that. You know. You know. That's all you got. It. You just. I mean, just as simple as that. It's yeah. Like, what if I was going through this struggle? How would I want to be treated? wow it's it's uh, it's it's so powerful and uh, like it, and you you when you you remind me of of my mom after after we lost my sister and she's still right. this way just grace immediately came over her right like even the way you said like let's not let let's clean up a little bit let's let's do what we got to do before you went to the hospital like like uh, his spirit almost communicating with Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we were so connected. Yeah. We were both insomniacs at the time. And uh, he would messenger me because he knew that if he texted my phone that he was in my emergency contacts so that it would would chime if he texted me. So he would messenger me Mm. and he would be like, are you the reason I'm awake? And I would be like, yes, I am the reason you're awake. But are you the reason I'm awake? Like, okay, what are we going to do about this? Are we just going to stay up all night? What are we going to do? Um, he also, one time, um, we were talking about death and I said, you know, if, if I ever died from something like cancer, I was like, I don't want one of those stupid ass obituaries where like she fought, she fought the cancer. Yeah. Right. He was like, Oh mama, I'm going to write your obituary for you. Cause he was a writer and he did. He sent me this obituary where he was like. My mom, you know, it was, it was just amazing. It was me. He just wrote it out, you know. He was mm. like, you know, it, it, I can't remember how he, how he professed it, but it was just, it was perfect, whatever it was. It was like, whatever my mom thought, it, it wasn't, you know, mm. things like cancer. He was <laughs> like, whatever, you know, like, no, you know, fighting was never the way, um, you know. It was, it, it was just perfect. And it just, it made me laugh so hard, you know, <laughs> because I was like, yeah, this is what I would want read at my funeral, not some, you know, she fought and fought and fought and finally lost the fight. He was mm. like, you don't lose any fights, mom. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was just so great. It was so funny and just so kind, and, you know, um, yeah. 
You yeah, guys, he understood me. You guys seem to be doing really, really, really well. You know? Yeah. You, you do? Yeah. Yeah, it's... Um, Very graceful. It's... um. I feel like sometimes that that's a choice. It is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I've seen it in my family with, with sure. my sister passing. Yeah. I've seen it in my family. And, and ju- just the different approaches. And none of them are wrong. Right. None of them are wrong, but we're, we're 15 years from that. And I think... Um, you know, I, I see like like my younger siblings like uh, always um, honoring honoring her grief like outwardly, you know, and and I re- I respect that, but it's it's just it doesn't for me feel like how I want to honor Erin. Right. Like I when she passed away is when I became the person that like kind of people know me as now. Right. She entered me that much. Right that like I was filled with like new life understanding what life is right even and right. And, and whoa I, I, whoa you can just lose somebody like oh that that is actually the name of the game here how do we enjoy it in spite of that and and, and while embracing it right <sighs> absolutely yeah. you know like really digging into the fact that everything is impermanent everything yeah every single thing you know like like just sitting here with you guys right now having this moment this moment like we were talking about this when we were on acid right Mm -hmm. yeah this moment this moment um i remember talking to i can never get his name right Stefania. Stefania. i was like Stefania. i was holding him and i was like he said i have so much trauma with me and i said Stefania, you're here now in this moment in yeah. this moment and now this moment mm. and now this moment and now this moment and that is in the past mm. those are past moments yeah. you have all these moments in front of you yeah and he went oh, yeah. oh my god i get it yeah and i was like yeah <laughs> yeah I, I felt like i definitely handed some batons that i had learned being like oh but like look we're safe here now right but we're safe here now exactly I think that's it's one of the things Johan Hari turned me on to was the concept that um, like we even are the way we talk about trauma is a misunderstanding of it. There's a there's a traumatic event and the trauma is all the disconnection, the the drifting from yourself in the wake of the traumatic. event. So um, I think you're really putting that into practice. And I know for him specifically, he came up to me and he said. I don't know how to tell Gail, but like she hugged me and it was the best hug of my life and it just melted everything and all my fears and, and everything. And I don't know, I don't know how to express it to her. I was like, no, you, you did express right. it to her yeah. you know, through the hug. Like, you know, she gets it. She's like very, she's very tapped in, you know, but it, it was, uh, it, it was really sweet. It was really sweet to see you not only, uh, doing that, but then showing them like, Hey, you can share that with your brothers here. Right. You know? <laughs> right. I was like, it's not just me. It's not, it's not just the mother figure, right? Yeah. Like you've got to realize that this is, this is coming from your brothers too. Mm-hmm. Like they're here for you, mm-hmm. you know? And I know that somehow this has been repressed in you and you're uncomfortable with it. Yeah. But it's not just women. 
Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Totally. totally. And, and at some point, you know, men start to understand that it's not even okay to put that load on us. Like, yeah. We can't mother everybody, right? Like, we're not here to be everybody's mother. Like, we've got our own. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think, and I think that's what we did by not putting any one person on a pedestal in this environment. Right. There's not one person here that you need the attention of or that has the answers. It's, it's we all are figuring this out. Right. And you might be a little earlier on your journey. And there might be things that you haven't, you know imparted on yourself that you know help make this an easier experience but this is that's why you're doing this that's you know? right that's right you're having your I, I said that to a lot of people you were here to have your own experience yeah yeah that's why we're doing it here yeah where you're safe yeah yep. so you can have your own experience right you know we're, you need some guidance along the road that's great but I can't tell you what your experience is. I said that a lot. <laughs> yeah. I can't tell you what your experience well, is. Well, and no one can. No. Yeah. No, no one can. No. I know it was funny. Um, somebody had said to me, um, I was walking past a group of people. You know, we haven't touched on the yard pony. But thought we have a oh yard my pony. God. <laughs> 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 seeing that thing walk by when the sun was just going down it's oh like glistening God. in the sun and the clouds yeah. are pink above oh, us we had the sun we were so gifted with oh that sunset i think we fun. manifested that sunset a little I bit do too, <laughs> because i was like whoa because there had been no clouds it didn't make any sense yeah, yeah. the day had been perfectly cloud free and all of a sudden it's like these fingers yeah. mm-hmm. of clouds coming over the farm and yeah, I had somebody, um, it was sort of funny to me, I had somebody say, oh, I can see how much the pony loves you. And I said, no, she doesn't. <laughs> she, <laughs> She's her own being. Yeah. She's doing her own thing. I don't mean, let her trip on her. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I was like, no, man, she's, she's here living her own life. And yeah. I, am, I am in service mm. to the queen. That's what that is. You've made her quite the castle. Yeah. She's, yeah, exactly. You know, she's been, she brought all of her gifts to us and she lays them out with no, you know, it's, 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 she's an amazing animal. I mean, I don't, I don't want to take, try to take anything away from her, but she's not attached to us in any sort of needy way yeah. other than like, are you going to, where's my food? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're a little late. <laughs> Room service is slow today, you know. Yeah. But she's not needy in, yeah. like, the he, like the human, like, you know, like some of my other horses are. They're mm-hmm. attached to me mm-hmm. in a, an emotional way. Yeah. She's not. I just <laughs> laughed. I was like, no. <laughs> no, no. That pony doesn't love me. Oh, my she's God. She's doing her own thing. Yeah. I got a real kick out of that. <laughs> Yeah, this has been, I mean, this podcast has been incredible, but this has been one of the most special weekends. Oh, this is a level up weekend. Relationships right? of our lives. So. Oh, yeah, this is so dope. We're just starting with you. Yeah. This is going to be amazing. I don't right. know how we're going to top this, but it's going to be crazy trying. Right? Yeah. Oh, we've got big plans? Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned, y'all. Big plans. Thanks, Gail. Thank you so oh, much, thank Gail. Thank you. Peace and love. Peace and Peace love. Peace and love.